Welcome to the Black Belt Business Podcast. My name is Matthew Brenner, and today I am with real estate agents Stephanie Ellis and Mark Bennett, who have done the last three years over $120 million in real estate sales. And if you're a small business owner or a martial arts school owner, and you want to accelerate the your your cash from profits from your business without you know maybe opening up more doing better business in your location and you just like want to take your profits and grow it, this is going to be the podcast for you because you're going to learn how to find the right properties, how to find the right agents and how to actually grow your profits from your business. So Steph and Mark, thanks for coming today. Thanks for having me. It's very exciting. So I know Mark and Steph both personally from the Philadelphia area. So if you listen to this today and you're like interested in investing in property, you can reach out to them directly or reach out to me and and I'll refer you. So I know working in real estate is, you know, obviously a lot of people do it, yeah. right? Like there's a lot of um, agents and most people, they just like diddly daddle, right? Like they do maybe a couple deals for family members, but you guys obviously take it as like, obviously your career, but like you guys are both very motivated, both hustlers in my Full time. Hell yeah. <laughs> so there's obviously like you're in the people business, right? And I, before we started today's podcast, you said you were telling me about the story that you wanted to tell about like rats. And I was like, wait, wait, oh be God. quiet. <laughs> I want to hear it on audio. So tell me about this like rat story that, that we've been holding on to. Well, I also have a story about a naked guy named Joe. Love it. And walking in on some people having sex. Okay. You really want to hear are the these rat like, story? Are these like real estate stories? Like They're your personal legit dating real life? estate stories. Okay. Because I think we get some horror stories. <laughs> let, let's be clear, right? Like investing in real estate is so fun and all these shows they make it sound so sexy yeah and it's it's a hustle it's hard work and you also really need to align yourself with someone that you really trust is going to get you not just into a deal that's going to make sense for you but that gets you to your goals Mm. that's like the first step for all of this but the rat story which admittedly might not land as well mark was here for this Mm. and i first time to real estate I know. I was like mentoring Mark. <laughs> and these properties actually were all in uh, Point Breeze. Okay. I was selling them for an awesome client of mine who really did very well with these. Like moral of the story is this was a very, very successful business venture for him. He had these properties. There were four of them. And one of them, as part of like my due diligence, you know, I am like hustling. I'm trying to figure out who's going to buy this property. So I start kind of shopping it off market. Wait, so he is, he has four <clears throat> properties. That's his business or he has another business? He has another, another business. He's a lawyer. Okay, got it. So this is like what he does with his profits from Correct. his business. Correct. From yep. being an attorney. Yep, okay. yep, yep, absolutely. It was a good way for him to, it was a smart strategic move for tax strategy and for just general income purposes. Ooh, sorry. <laughs> and so anyway, I'm showing Mark this house. And I'm like, yeah, it needs a little work. Not too crazy. And there are like two people living in here. I'm going to give very limited detail. We're walking through the house. Wait, why limited detail? I want to hear all the nitty gritty. <laughs> Don't hold on. I don't want to anybody. No, it doesn't Just matter. some smelly, hairy girls. Okay, smelly, there were, hairy girls. There were definitely, there were definitely <laughs> some gals in there that I was- They were free-spirited. They, they were, were very, spir- very free-spirited. Free there, there were like a lot of uh, like accoutrement, like a lot of like, you know, I don't know. There was just like a lot of things in there that were not for my taste. And I was like, how the hell am I going to show this house, right? Oh my God. And so I'm walking around, I'm showing Mark, and we get into the bedroom and I'm like, holy fuck. <laughs> like a whole cage of rats oh in God. these like they were like nice like sweet girls i'm like why the hell do you guys have rats in your house <laughs> along with like a couple of other things that were a little interesting yes mark any comments to this i mean you hit it spot on i mean <laughs> so wait were they like harvesting rats what was i don't happening? know was i rats? just kind of like freaked out and got just the fuck out of spirited like they're you know little creatures so if you're showing the property to someone and, <sighs> and this is the situation how do you deal with that you know that's a really good question i mean listen like i'm in the people business and people do people things mm. so you do your best with what you got mm. right like I have a process where I want everyone to feel comfortable and I explain to these nice girls, I'm like, this is how showings are going to go, but like, can we do something about these rats? Like, mm-hmm. they're kind of like, or we'll just up. put a sheet over it. Well, <laughs> so I think I'm I go, buy this property for cheap. I go, I well, I that, go, like, all right, yeah, right? Like, I go there. <laughs> I'd rather see some rats when I'm looking for a good deal, <laughs> truthfully. I go they're there. bringing your own rats, like, in your yeah, pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Dropping off rats. Well, they put this, like, sheet over it, but you just see, like, the tails out of it. I'm like, this is fucking disgusting. I'm like, like, no, what? But it didn't really matter because at the end of the day, you got to know the product that you're, that you have and how to sell it, right? Like, every property, every 
every intricacy has a story and I just had to tell the right story. And that story yeah. was, how is this going to be a really great either house for a primary owner or a really solid investment with, an, with current tenants in it? Who cares if they like rats? Mm. Who cares? So what's your strategy for a client? They come in and they see that. How do you get them to overlook that? If they're an investor or something for a primary? It's such a good question. I mean, I try to get very clear on what the goals of my client are, right? So that they're walking into a property and they're focusing on what's important to them. I'm like, wait, so you don't care as long as this makes money, right? You don't care as long as this is going to help you offset your tax basis here. Knowing the numbers. Care. Yeah, just pitch, yeah. pitch in the numbers. Look, he's there to buy properties. He's there to make some money. Whether Listen, whether they're buying a primary or they're buying an investment property, people look to make a good deal, you know, and you have to know how to pitch the good deal. And when you know your numbers, I feel like you could... So anything. And then there's also two ways to look at an, at a property, right? It's going to either be cash flowing right now or it's going to be an asset later on, right? Like five yeah. or 5% appreciation your is very common in the Philly market in certain areas. It's a little more, it's a little less depending on where you are. Maybe they're knocking that house down. And they don't like the shittier it is, the better. Okay, cool. So let's say, and Mark, this is a few, let's say I have, I'm a business owner. I have a uh, run a martial arts school or another business. I have 100K in cash. I'm like, okay, cool. I want to grow this money, but I want to do it through real estate, right? Yep. What's the most people are intimidated by real estate, right? Because there's like, so much paperwork, 100%. there's so many things that can go wrong, there's so mm-hmm. many steps. So I have 100K in my bank account. I want to grow it through real estate. What's the first thing I do? So the first thing you do, you're talking like you just own a business, you don't know anything about real estate right now? Or yeah, like you like have... maybe, maybe you rent your building. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, so, you understand the idea of like buy low, sell high, or yeah. like a rental property. You understand the basics. Got it. But what do you actually do? Do you find an agent first? Do you find yeah. an area you want to buy in? Like what happens? I mean, the first thing is find an expert, you know, like find someone that's in the field that knows what they do. And I always say, find someone full time. You know, it's nice you have a cousin, Sally, that sells real estate, <laughs> but I live and breathe it. You know, this is what I do every day. And my business model is truthfully make people money. So like if if it was you, for example, to find me, like I would come, we, we would talk, we would sit down, I'd find out exactly like how much money you have to play with, what do you really want to invest? And sometimes, look, sometimes it might be less than what you think you have to invest. And that's usually the case. Usually everyone thinks they need to spend a lot more money on real estate to buy it than they actually do. Mm. But find an expert is, is, is definitely step one because then you could talk shop about anything. Hey, what about this location? What about this location? What about this multi-unit? What about this single family? And then you could kind of gauge their like their risk, so to speak, of like what they really are looking for. Mm. You know, a lot of people are scared to be landlords. And then they realize like once you get a tenant in there and it, and it starts flowing, like, you know, with my properties, look, I have great tenants. Like I, I love being a landlord. I love my interactions with my tenants. You know, they have a problem. On, I'm on top of it. And... You know, I once I bought one, I couldn't stop buying another one, mm. and so, I went from another one. So, how do you find? Like, so you said, okay, you don't want to use your cousin Sally, who maybe has yeah. her license. She got ten years. Well, ago. I'm not saying not to use cousin Sally. I'm just saying, you know, if, if maybe it's not full time, maybe not the person you want because you're not going to be in, yeah. as ingrained in the market and what's happening. Yeah, I mean, it's no different in martial arts, right? You could hire someone who does that full time, or hire your uncle who like knows a little bit. I'm just going to say the same thing too. Experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So how do you find someone? Like, do you Google search? You go to Zillow? Like, what do you do? Yeah, I mean, truthfully, if you have someone like a friend that bought real estate, you could see if they had a good experience with a realtor. But I'm a numbers person. I like to see that someone's, they're selling real estate. They know what they're doing. They live and breathe it. They do it full time. Like, it's the same way if I went to an accountant. I don't want an accountant that does it very seldomly. He's doing accounting once in a while. I want someone that, like, this is their business, Mm. you know? So I I guess, like, you know, when you're looking up a property, you could look up an agent. I mean, Zillow, right away, you could see how many deals someone's done in the last year. Mm. You know, you could even see where they're selling their deals. So that's how you would find an agent. Truthfully, or, like, visit an open house. If you have a good rapport with somebody and you're talking with them, like, a lot of times, like, and I don't sit open houses as much as I should. I'm going to get back into it, though. (laughs) But, um, you know, like, just schmoozing and talking. If you have a good vibe with someone and you think, like, you could trust them and and what they say is like sounds like real, you know, that's the best way. It's like if you want good energy with someone, you want to make showing houses fun. You don't want to have someone that's boring showing you houses as well. Like <laughs> takes the stress out of it as well. Like people like hanging out with me and like going to see houses and finding properties, mm. you know. So if you're a first time investor, you have 100K, you find yeah. a good agent, like, all right, I like this person. Do you suggest usually they go in, if they're a business owner, do they go into commercial or residential or multi unit? Like where? How do you figure out like what's the right next path for them? It's really what they really want, you know? Listen, I'll buy whatever if it's a good deal. Do you know what I mean? And if it's a business owner, I think that they have the same mindset. Their, their goal is to 
to make more profits, to use their money to make more profits. So if this commercial building, let's say it was a commercial and two residential units up top, if it's making money and it sounds like a good deal and you have a, a good long-term tenant in the bottom, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's all about the deal. Okay, cool. So when you're finding a deal for a tenant, like what do you look for? Do you look for like certain cap rate? Like what numbers are you looking for? It's all, it's all about the numbers. Okay. You know, it so all depends. Tell me the big numbers you look for. The main ones. I mean, look, it's a big, it, again, and now it, it all depends on location. Some people may not want to, to, to have an investment property in an up and coming area. They may like having more like steady working clients, you know? So if you're buying in center city, you're not going to get the same return that you would get buying in Port Richmond, right? Uh, and for people who are outside Philadelphia and don't know those areas, like the downtown area versus something yeah. on the outskirts. Center city versus like a, a suburb neighborhood, 20 minutes outside the city. Right. You know, that's still up and coming. Okay. And then, so usually, and correct me if I'm wrong, people will be, will find it a little bit more, the numbers will be sexier outside the, the downtown area. Way sexier. But obviously you have more risk because you're in a worse area. Or Yeah, I mean, look, there's, there's definitely more risk in terms of like, uh, let's say you could get a tenant that doesn't pay. But that's not always the situation. Look, if you vet your tenants and you, you know, you do credit searches, you look if they have you know, any delinquencies in payments or they're owed, they owe a lot of money. You know, you, you vet your tenant. Like most of them, in my experience, like people don't want to like go to your house and like not pay you. You know what I mean? Like it does happen. It, and it's, they're just horror stories. But if you do the right research and you trust and you put it like, again, you know, for my clients, like I have a, a rental agent on my team. She does everything. She'll make sure that, and she rents on my own properties. You know, she makes sure that, this is a good tenant. We get their income statements. We get their pay stubs. A lot of times, like, we'll even, you know, go to their current residence just to see how they keep the property, mm. you know? Hmm. So if you are a business – first of all, it's really smart. I like that yeah. idea. And if you are a business owner, okay, you find this property and – or let's say an agent helps you find a property like you or Steph. And numbers make sense and you're going to be profitable each month, past expenses. But you're like, yo, I don't want to do all this work. I don't want to be a landlord. Right, like mm. it's just too much work for me. I want to focus on my business. Yeah. How, what do you do then? Well, then you would find a property management. You would find someone that, that you could manage, that would manage your own property. But I would always say this. If it's your first property, do it yourself the first time. See what you really like. Because you don't know what you don't know. You know, you might realize, oh man, I, I love having John as a tenant. He's great, takes care of the place, calls me if, if he needs anything. Or he doesn't call me, which is the best. Right. I don't want my tenants calling me. Right. I don't mind when they call me, but... It's better not to hear from them, you know, because yeah. then you know everything's good. Yeah. One of the things I added to my lease that someone brought up to me, which when I was doing the managing, now I have a management company because yeah. I hate getting calls. So sure. I have student properties and students are dumb and, you know, they're young. They just have no experience. <laughs> yeah. Right? So get calls for the dumbest things. And one of the things I added to my lease was like if there is like any sort of leak, they like have to call me within like 24 hours or something like that. Otherwise, I don't want them to think, oh, they can't bother me or they don't want to bother me. Yeah. I'm like, no, because that's going to create a way bigger issue and way bigger expenses yeah. for me. All right. So you have the property. You find a management company. What do management companies usually charge? Like how much is that? How much again? It depends how much properties you own. You okay. know, if you're giving them one, they're going to want to see like eight to ten percent. Truthfully, okay. you know, you could get someone for six. Is that usually worth it? You think, like cutting into your profits, or it um, depends how your profit margins. You know what? Peace of mind. Yeah, it's peace of mind, but also, for, I'm just going to speak for experience for my properties that I have. I don't. I, I love cash flow. You know, like Kevin Leary on uh, O'Leary, whatever his name is on Shark Tank. <laughs> cash flow. Like I, I, I love having, I love making profit off my properties. But my real goal is in, in 30 years from now. So because you don't, you don't, everyone thinks if when you buy one property, like you're going to get rich off one property. You don't make that much money. If you put 20% down, let's say you put 20% down on a $200,000 house after insurance, taxes, whatever. You, your mortgage is probably like 1350 $1,400. You know, and this is an exact example. We're buying one in Port Richmond right now. We just rent, got it rented for eighteen hundred. It's four hundred dollars a month. You know, four eight twelve. What is expenses. that? It's like forty eight hundred dollars a year. All expenses are out now. Profit mm -hmm. is like five thousand mm -hmm. dollars. You know, forty eight hundred. You know, so it's like that's great. Listen, five thousand dollars doesn't change your life, mm -hmm. but when you own twenty of them, it would. Right. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. you know, so it's that's also a misconception. Everyone thinks like, cause, listen, even you own three properties, you're not making that much extra money. But like so you said, when the management company comes in and they're taking away your profits, maybe I don't mind so much because let's say, look, you're 32, right? 31. 31. 
baby. <laughs> in 30 years from now, if you started buying all these properties now, they're all paid off, right. you know? And that's when you really start making money, when your mortgage is off of it. And this real estate takes some time, but, you know, in the long term, in the long run, that like, that's how you get rich. Yeah. There, well, there's also opportunity too, which sometimes I forget about. Conservatively, when you're running numbers, you want to run them for what you think you're going to get conservatively for rent. But yeah. you, there is an opportunity to increase the rent every year. And let's not forget about appreciation, right? So you don't have to hang on a property for 30 years. Like yeah. one of the biggest reasons why people call me, like I have a handful of doctors and lawyers and they're like, look, I want to buy a place. My kid is 12. I'm thinking it's going to pay for college. And they do and they cash out. And that's a really great way to fund yeah. to fund a life. So you don't have to hang on to it for 30 years for it to also help you get to your goal. It takes being strategic and figuring out what you want. But yeah, yeah that's also I, true. I think personally, I'm a little more boring. I'd rather just like hold on to it Same. and just build a yeah, portfolio. Yeah, I hold on to it. Yeah, that's, that's how I am. Yeah, I think, of it, I think of a big portfolio, right? I'm going to build over time, buy one and two properties a year over the course of 10 to 20 years. And yep. I'll have 50 to 100 properties and then I'm in a good spot. Right? Yeah. You know, another thing. So this is what I own. I don't own any. I own my primary residence, but I own land. Mm. Why do you do land? Over I... Well, truthfully, I didn't really understand like the concept of being a landlord, figuring out the deal. But here's what I did know. And this was I bought it like five or six years ago. I did know this, that I liked the area of Philly that I was working in, in Gray's Ferry at the time. And I liked what was going on in the neighborhood. And I was working with a lot of builders that were holding on to land. I was like, well, if you're doing it, I'm going to do it. So sometimes, like, we overcomplicate it. It doesn't have to be this, like, crazy process where you're yeah. reading all these books. Like, what's Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Like, I didn't read that book. Probably should. Going to add it to my list. <laughs> but, you know, it's 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 also, it's like the same thing as, like, stocks and businesses. Like, invest in what you know. I just knew that. Yeah. I understood. I liked the land. I I like the location and I liked what I knew eventually was going to be coming to that area. Hmm. And I think that's kind of how I got my rental properties near the universities because I knew you. I knew you yeah. were a hustler. I knew the area. Yeah. And I was comfortable with it. And like that is what, you know, helped me dip my toe into the pool. I feel more comfortable. For right? sure. You know, then eventually I, you know, bought a commercial property, right? And hope to buy more residentials as we move forward. But it's always like, okay, I know someone, I trust them, they're a hustler, they're going to help me make the numbers make sense. But it's one thing is people overlook is like they have an idea. And you mentioned this to me earlier, Steph, is that like everyone wants to be an investor, but then when they actually like have to do something, yeah. like they're like, they think they're going to get rich overnight or like, yeah. oh, find a property. Like, I'm going to be a mortgage going to be a thousand bucks a month. I want to cash flow 5,000. Sorry. <laughs> right? yeah. I'm just going to say this. Yeah, say it. Sorry for offending anybody, but. Like a lot of people come to me like, oh, I just want to get so rich off real estate. I just want to be this guy. And I'm like, you know, you do know you're asking us to find you a winning lottery ticket. Like yeah. one, we're probably going to buy it. Or two, like my winning lottery ticket is different than yours. It takes time. It takes a strategy. There's so many ways you can be successful, not just, you know, in business, but like in life too, right? Everybody's a different definition of success. And just because it works for one person, like Mark you're cash flowing properties. That's not what I'm doing. I'm looking at different things, yeah. different types of properties. Yeah, I don't know. That was my point. <laughs> so don't come to <laughs> you for point, a, don't no. come to you for like a winning lottery ticket. Yeah, no, right. But also like get clear about what that winning lottery ticket is to you. Because yeah. the question is, if we found it, would you even know what it looks like? Mm. Like, what are we trying to find? I say that to people all the time when we're looking for a house. They come to me like, well, I really want to buy a house. I'm like, great. Tell me about your dream home. Because if you don't know what that looks like. I mean, forget about real estate. You don't know what like actual the definition of success and happiness look like for you. I'm not trying to get this into like, you know, a whole conversation about life. But still, if you have to know what it looks like, because if you don't know what it looks like, how are you going to know when you find it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you need to hit the nail on the head there, because like even in martial arts, when people come in yeah. to our schools, we don't say like, oh, here's our classes. Here's our prices. Do you want to join? It's like, what's your goal here? OK, yeah. got it. why is that goal important to you? OK, you want your child to develop focus or confidence or respect. Or you, yeah, Steph, yeah, I have who, a personal but, story. Yeah, tell, tell us your personal story. <sighs> how deep we want to go? Uh, how deep, deep you want to go? <laughs> so I started taking karate with Jackie, who is awesome. But I wanted Wait, give the background. What do you what, about how we met? How that happened? Well, we met at a really hilarious Jewish real estate event. Yeah. No, well, yeah, it was just I like a just Jewish event. Oh, yeah, at a, at a, at a party. party. Yeah. Fine. And Scratch like, that. At a party. And yeah. I was, t I don't know, I was telling you, somebody, came, oh, my friend Maddie was like, oh, you do what? Well, my friend Steph wants to take some self-defense classes. Yeah. 
So then I started to take personal self-defense classes with this badass instructor, female, which I thought was really cool. And she taught me how to fuck some people up. <laughs> nice. Wait, nice. So why did you do that? Well, I started to do that because... One, I wanted to feel in control of myself, and I don't think – this is going off on a tangent, but I don't think yeah. people truly understand how interesting and the kind of risk that us agents – sorry, mom, I'm safe. I will let you follow me and find my friends, but how risky some of the things we really do are, right? Like, we are the only people in the world who – Take a phone call from a stranger, get yeah. dressed up, and meet them at a property alone. Sure. Not a good idea. Not a good idea at all. And I also, I mean, I don't, truthfully, I don't do that. I have a process for that now. But you never really know. You don't know who you're meeting sometimes. I'm also an avid runner. But when you start, you're definitely doing that. Well, absolutely. You know? And like open houses, right? Like I just had this conversation with another agent. I don't care if you're male, female, you, you're 21, you're 60. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Like people do people things. And yeah, you have I've, had to be prepared. A, I've had a scary experience at open house before. So we have to be prepared. I'm also a, a big runner. I like to run early in the morning. You just never know. So you always have to be. And I, I'm not like interested in living my life in fear. So the only thing I knew I could control is myself and how I show up in certain situations and having control and being empowered of my body and gave me a lot of that. Cool. So, so how do you, so you took the self-defense classes. Yeah. How long did you do it for? Two months? Two months. Cool. I do like private lessons with Yeah, private yeah, lessons. My friend Jackie. It, it's invaluable for anybody that's listening to this. If you're thinking about it, just do it. Just do it. You want a good recommendation? Ask Matt. Awesome. And so besides that part, what else do you do to protect yourself? You're running an open house or you're meeting someone. Like what do you do? Well, listen, you just have to be smart, right? So I do carry mace with me. It's when I first got into real estate, I was actually doing an open house on Race Street, like second in race. It was actually the uh, was Kate Vale's listening. Shout out to Kate Vale if you're listening. But Great, great agent. Uh, yeah, I was doing the open house. And look, people come in and out of open house. Do you know what I mean? And like, yeah. this was like a very good location. So it was like somewhat busy. But at the end, it died down. And there was just this strange guy just in the house, <laughs> like for a very long time by himself. Uh -huh. You know, and it, and this like he didn't give me the vibe like he was a buyer. And like, I felt, you know, I feel people out like, hey, how you doing? Like, how'd you hear about the open house? He was just so strange. And I remember like, Thank God. And, you know, I had like a nice watch on me or whatever. And I was like, oh, God, like, is this really about to happen? And I'm like thinking, do I abandon the property? <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> abort, abort. Like, sorry, sellers. I can't, you know, it's not my listing. This guy was going to be a bad vibe. I had to <laughs> yeah, it's not my listing. Kate, got to come here. But no, he gave me a bad vibe. And thank God a family came in at the very end when he was like, he was just like standing like downstairs, but just being so awkward. And I almost felt he was like ready to do something or like pull something out. But luckily a family came in and he left. So nothing like, happened. Ooh. It's just nothing like, actually, it quite a bit. Oh, yeah. But it was like, you know, it, it was a vibe where you just know something's going to happen. Yeah. Like, it was very, very awkward. But, you know, listen, I've also, I've, I've been in crazy properties where, like, you know, if it's like an investment property, let's say, you know, not in the greatest area. I've seen, like, booby traps set there. <laughs> I swear to God. I saw one was going up the stairs. And the thing, it, like, it was like a rake. And seriously, if you set the trap off, like we saw the wire. So you tried to sell like the saw house. Like, <laughs> Pretty much. Like, dude. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen some crazy stuff. So but, what, uh, what do you do if you see that? Like, again, to real estate, it's very great. Trust me. <laughs> so what do you do if you see that kind of thing? How do you handle it? Do you just like walk out? I'm like, I'm not dealing with this shit. You know, you call the listing agent and you let them know, like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, you know, like, have you been to the property? Like, obviously, like someone like went in and like created some crazy stuff. But what do you do? You try to get it for cheap. <laughs> That's what you do. You try to get it for cheap. Look, you got people in here saying booby traps. You're asking 100. I'm giving you 30. You know, like I want to find I want to get a good deal. Like I said, I love the house has rats. I love yeah. the house has roaches because I know I'm going to come in there and, you know, whoever I'm representing, whether it's me or a client, like that's what we want. You want to start from scratch anyway. You know, like if you're going to rehab a house. Do it. Do the rehab. Like yeah. start from scratch. You and know? the common real estate idiom, that that's the right word, is like you don't make money when you sell it, you make money when you buy it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. Well, I was gonna say I have a pretty funny open house story that you reminded me of. Wait, can we go back to this the other story? Because sure. I feel like we got no detail. You're like, there was pepper spray. Yeah, yeah, what happened? Yeah. happened. You grabbed you the pepper mind. spray. We might not be able to launch all of it. <laughs> Whatever okay. you want to say. Yes. So this was actually another professional in the business. I might be looking at a situation very differently than the other person. And that is something we come across every day, all day long. Have you ever had a conversation with someone and you're like, wait, 
really? That's what you got out of it? Like, how are we in the same room, having the same conversation, you know, commanding respect, right? Like, if you are looking to hire a real estate agent, do you want one that's going to lay over and be like, okay, whatever you want, I'll be where, I'll be there whenever you want. I'm just like the bare minimum for a real estate agent is opening a door. Anybody can open a door. Can anybody yeah. help you get to your goals? To any agent that's listening to this or any business owner that's looking to this, like command your respect, know your shit. And it's okay to say no right. to anything that doesn't feel authentic to you. So now that you have some martial arts training under yeah. your belt, so what do you do differently now? You speak louder, you stand differently, do you like what do you do? Well, I have a, like I have a protocol. It's like, you know, when you leave your house, you're like, I turn off the stove, I turn off like whatever, I got my my keys, I got my mace, I got my pride, my dignity, I'm good, you know? And you like go out the door. I have a protocol, right? If I'm in a certain situation, like the other day I was filling up gas, it was late at night, it was out in the suburbs, oddly enough, and I'm like assessing the scenario. Like every time I get out of my car now, I assess the scenario and I'm like, nope, there's some random person in a car, I can't see through it, I'm fucking out of here. Yeah. Right. Like you go like anytime I go to show a house, the doors open. I'm like, listen, I'm not showing this house. You have to have some parameters for yourself. I mean, that's what makes me feel good. And you just start that conversation with your clients. Look, my job is to protect you. There is no that's it. There's just no if, ands or buts about it. If you don't like that, I'm not the agent for you. And I think what you said is, is dead on. Like you need to have a protocol like, OK. I'm going to stand in this, I'm going to stand maybe like behind the islands. So there's like maybe, maybe you're showing a house, right? And you stand like with something in between you and the other person. So like, so that's an example, but have an idea of like, okay, if this person does this, then I do that. If this happens then I do that, if this person, if this, this happens then I do that. And if I do those things, then I'll be safe, right? Or at least safer than not following those. Sure. Actions. I mean, listen, I've been doing this for almost 12 years. Like I'm not showing houses to people I don't know at this point, you know, but sometimes it is interesting. You get like a phone call and they're like, Hey, I, I follow you on Instagram. Like, can you come list my property? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, I'm, I'm ready. I'm going to go. And then I'm like, oh, huh. I should think twice about this. What's my protocol? Sometimes right? it depends on location. Though. Well, you're, you're like, I'm like, <laughs> well, oh, graduate hospital. Right, I'll be there in two minutes. Nice right? neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, and that is something that I really struggle with sometimes. I'm like, how, yeah. how do you know you're safe? Mm. And how do we be professional and safe at the same time? And how do I not sound like a lunatic to everybody that's listening to this podcast? Well, you <laughs> no, know, like, look, it happens. Happened, listen, uh, Chelsea on my team, she's some guy, like, something got into talking. I forget where they were at. And, like, he was like, oh, I have a property I want to sell. And, like, and like I kind of was, like, reviewing, like, the text, the texting. And I was like, ooh, mm. something about this. Is that, like, mm. this guy has ulterior motives. And eventually he, he did. Yeah. And, like, he, he, he didn't really have a house he wanted to sell. He just wanted to talk to her. Yeah. He just wanted, like, to communicate with her and, like, get her to, like, show a property or come hang out or come to his house. And it's, you know, look, it's a lot different being a guy and a girl too in the business, I would say, because this is the only job where like how you said, someone calls you and you get it, you think money. You're like, oh, like, cause that's what it is. Same with karate. Someone comes in and they want to sign up for your class. You're thinking, all right, like obviously you want to help them. You want to sure. make sure you can figure out their goals. But at the end of the day, it's your living. This is what you do to make money, you know? So it's tough in real estate to somehow like, to understand like what's saving us. So I always tell her like, yo, you call me. If you're going to like an area, like you call me, you let people know I'm going to X, Y, Z on third street. Like, you know what I mean? Like let yeah. people know. And, but yeah, she's had like, it happens. It happens. So yeah, you have to have a protocol, you know, sure. I, I try to let people like I do, you know, follow my friends, my phone. I try to let people, especially because we don't have very predictable schedules, right? Like my schedule can be like all over the place. It's different every day. Almost. Yeah. It's different every day. And so you have to have like a couple of people, you know, you can call and say like, Hey, so, you know, what's the code word or, you know, I think I'm going to need you to get me a document. And that's like the code word for like, help. Call 911. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I wish I, <laughs> this is a really funny property or funny conversation about a property to your point about like the shittier, the better. But I had these investors coming in from New York that happened to be from the Orthodox Jewish community. And I was, I'd never met them before. And I was working them with a friend of mine and I was like. 22. I'm like, this is going to be great. Like, I'm going to show them all these places in Maniunk. And I think this was like 2011. So like there were deals to be had, let me tell you. <laughs> and I am like, you know, meeting these, these men, it was like four or five men. And I'm like professional and cute and whatever. And 
trying to like land some of my first deals as a newbie and walk into this house in Maniac and it is a fucking disaster. There's trash. My like cute little shoes were like covered in trash. It was trash up to your knees and all the copper had been pulled out of this house. And these, <laughs> yeah. this was like the first, I did no prep work with these guys. This was like the first property these guys are seeing thinking exactly what we were talking about. This is a winning lottery ticket. And they wanted to see all these like shitty properties from like Maniac to Norristown. The Northtown one was funny because there was also like a whole siesta going on in this house. But I'm like in Maniunk and out of the trash pops out a naked guy. And he's like, hey, I'm Joe. I will never forget this. And I'm like, like dick out and all. And I'm like, I got these like guys with me. And I'm like, what do we do? We'll buy it. What do we do? <laughs> yeah. Does Joe come with the property? Like. <laughs> When he I'm jumped like, out of the trash, literally like out a of, trash can? Out of, no, out of the trash in one of the bedrooms. So, like, go upstairs. He's just laying in the trash. Literally laying in the trash. <laughs> He's like a homeless guy. And I'm, like, new. Like, I'm new. I'm like, is this what really selling real estate's like? Because this is not what they were. I this quit. Is, I'm out. This is not what they were doing on, like, TV. This, this just feels really different. My parents are like, how was your day? I was like, well, you're going to love this one. <laughs> it's like, anyway. I mean, what, there's a book. If anyone listening hasn't read it, it's called, or you guys should read it. It's called okay. The Book of The Gift of Fear. Oh. It's by James Becker. Hopefully, I'm not saying his name wrong, but if you Google search Gift of Fear, and it's about what you said, it's like using your intuition and not like ignoring your intuition when someone is yeah. coming off weird or like says sure. things that don't really make sense. Like your intuition is always your best self defense. Yeah. And not just ignoring it because like you want the job or like, oh, maybe it's like not a big deal. Like if you're on one side of the street and someone's on the same side of the street as you and they, they make you feel uncomfortable. Like, uh, cross the other side of the street. Like, don't feel like, oh, I don't want to look, uh, appear, like, scared, or I don't want to appear racist, or I don't want to appear, I don't want to hurt that person's feeling. Like, no, just cross the street, right? And that's what the whole book is about. And, like, it gives all these situations where uh, people were in dangerous situations, and when they looked back at it, there was all these signs telling them what to do, and yeah. they ignored it over yeah. and over and over again. So use your gift of fear. You know, Jackie said that my karate instructor said to me the most brilliant thing. She was like, you're going to hurt people's feelings and that's okay, right? Like if somebody's too close to me or, or either one of you or somebody's doing something weird, it's okay to be like, "You're get away, you're making me uncomfortable. Or please don't say that to me, that's making me uncomfortable. And if they didn't mean it, like, oh, well. But like, it's okay to hurt people's feelings. Yeah. And command the room, like you said command earlier. The command the room. Like, yeah. When people come into our schools and we give them, we teach our staff, we always say, Hey, when you own the room, like you're the doctor of the room. You don't mm. let other people decide what they want to do, yeah. right? Like if I'm talking to someone or I'm teaching a kid and the parents there, I don't let them go on their cell phone. I'll say, hey, do you mind putting that away? Or I'll say something like, like that's nice, but command the room and own the room, right? Don't let anyone else own your space, right? One of our mutual friends who runs a jewelry store, do you see the video he posted with some guy screaming at him? Oh, yeah, yeah, It was yeah, super yeah. good. So I asked him, so he has a, a jewelry store, so people come in and they try to sell him It's jewelry. a pawn shop. Pawn shop. A, it's yeah. a pawn shop, like watch shop. GNS Diamond, so. shout out, awesome. Yeah, so at his pawn shop, as you can imagine, people come in, they try to sell stuff, but sometimes people try to sell him fake or stolen crap. Right. And he could lose his license for buying something that's stolen. And obviously he could lose a lot of money if you right. buy something that's fake. And this guy just wanted him to buy something like really quickly and was like screaming at him and 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 he's like, Yeah, listen, I know that stuff is stolen. I'm not buying it. You know, he didn't say that to the guy because like then that causes like it elevates the whole thing. Sure. But he just like knew. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, how do you handle that situation? He's like, well, I used to apologize. I'd be like, try to calm the situation. Now I just hold up for myself and say, hey, you're in my store. If you don't like it, you can leave. And that's totally okay with me. But you don't have hmm. to be here. And he's like, you have to talk to them. Like, get, get right back at them and, and, and command the room and command respect. If you don't, they'll run all over you mm -hmm. and not apologize. Mm -hmm. Right? So for self-defense and just owning any real estate situation, I think that's important. And it's also just in business. Yeah. Yeah. This goes back to the, the basics, you know, that I start with all my clients. It's like, what are your goals? How do you know what it looks like when it when you see it or so that you can identify it? And like being a master of your craft, knowing what it is that you have so you can have those unapologetic moments. Mm. So, Mark, I'm going to bounce back to you. We talked about before what to do. You have 100K. You find a good agent. You make sure help you make a professional, correct decision for what your yeah. what your goals are. Mm -hmm. So, what are some mistakes people make like when people come in? They they have money and they end up losing money. Like, what are the mistakes they usually make? 
you know, I mean, to me, the, the biggest mistake they make is putting their trust in the wrong person. Mm. You know, that's it all comes down to just so we said before, it's like not when you sell, it's when you buy putting your trust in the wrong contractor. You know, I've seen, you know, you want, said you wanted uh, some horror stories. I've, I had a client trusted the contractor, gave him money up front, a lot of money, way more money than you should give a contractor up front. How much money are we talking? Over a hundred thousand. Okay. And normally you would look, normally you want to pay them out based off they did the work. In increments. Like. Increments. Like, hey, if, if it's going to cost you $120,000 in rehab, you know, maybe give them 20 up front, go check up on the work. And the biggest mistake they do is like, me, look, I'm in a good position. I trust my partner, Andrew. That's my guy. I know I don't need to go to the property, right? But other people like, you know, 100K, what the mistakes they'll make is just like thinking that just because they hired this person, that they're going to do it. That they're going to do the work. They're going to do it on time. You know, it's like in just so we were talking about command the room. It's your property. You got to command your property. You got to go check up. Hey, it's been a month. Nothing's happened. What is going on? I gave you 20,000. This client ended up giving this contractor 100, over 100,000 to do the work. Just, just did, did very minimal work. And he would come and check up on it. And he would always make an excuse. And he would let the contractor make excuses. And just kept and went on for a couple months. Guy disappeared with his money. Hmm. Why are contractors so notorious for like scamming people? Listen, it's the because it's the easiest gig to scam somebody. Truthfully, that's how I really believe. Because nobody knows the numbers. Nobody knows the numbers. You know, and I pride myself on knowing the numbers. I still don't know the numbers. I'll be <laughs> arguing with my business partner Andrew, like, how the hell is the floor is going to cost this much? Or like, this is that the third? <laughs> but he's in it. This is what he does. Like, yeah. he's like, no, like this is the numbers. Look at it. It's so easy because you could get a job like on a roof. Let's say it's a roof. Go do a roof. It's in a cost thirty five hundred bucks, four grand in the city, and that's very common. Just in the burbs, way more, right? Depends what type of roof as well. But let's say it's four thousand. Listen, you could. I had. I just sold this property in um, uh, Gray's Ferry, actually. This late. This and she's in Israel. This client. She's like needed a roofer, and she like called some guy, and he quoted her ten thousand dollars, and I sent her my guy. My guy quoted her three thousand dollars. So it's just like it's so easy when no one knows the numbers to like say like this is going to cost X. This is going to cost this. Or they walk into a house. The best part what contractors will do is or sometimes they'll give you a low number and they know that it's not going to be this. Mm. $70,000 to rehab the house. So it costs one hundred and ten. What happens when the 70 is up? They go back to them because now they need to finish it. Now they have to have the job. Now they don't want to have to find another contract. Desperate. So now they're desperate. Like, okay, fine. Like, what do we need? Like, what what happened here? And they can't really do anything. Mm. It's like no real recourse. That's why, like, you have to trust. You have to have quality people. You know, that's why it goes back to finding a good realtor. Find a good realtor that has good contractors. That you that if God forbid if you don't have them, they could hook you up. An electrician, a plumber, a roofer. You know, whatever you need. Yeah. Guy that does floors. You know, yeah. so that's why are they notorious for it? Just because it's just made up numbers. Nobody knows. Nobody that nobody knows. Yeah. And it's intimidating if you have no, no idea what you're. And labor's different. About. Labor cost is different. Right. Like every contractor has different labor cost. So it's like the same house. You could take two separate builders. One could tell you 100,000. One could tell you 80,000. Right. The materials generally are the same price. Materials are always generally the same price. You know, then it all comes back to the labor. But uh, yeah, contractors are notorious for it. <laughs> well, one thing I like to do is like, and I think a lot of people make this mistake. Tell me if I'm wrong. Is I'll just get one contractor and be like, all right, like I like them, we'll do it. And they should get like multiple quotes. Listen, it's the same way you, you should, you know, maybe talk to a couple realtors sometimes if you're really going to, you know, if you're going to list your home and you don't know any realtor. And it's funny because the stat is that actually, and stuff, you'll correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's like 80% of the time they'll work with the first realtor they ever meet, you know? And I almost feel it's the same way with contractors. Like they met this contractor and for some odd reason they won't get other quotes from multiple people because that's how you could really tell if someone's bullshit or not. You know, if you get three or four different quotes and two of them are this and the other two are that, like, you know, but then it's also confusing as well. Like who is the – like yeah. what's going on? Like is this guy is this guy just doing cheap work? Right. You know, and it's just – Yeah, I like to – anytime I have – I'm going to hire someone if I can, whether it's – a or even just like get a new tenant or something yeah. like that. I always like to invite multiple people at the same time so they compete, right? So like, huh. let's say, and this works so well like for renting properties, I almost never do a showing unless I have multiple people from different places because every time I have like multiple people who want who are checking out together, they're always competitive. Yep. They'll be rented the next day. 
But if I have to, for some reason, show one person, it's like, oh, maybe. And it, you know, it kind of takes forever and tails yeah. off. And same thing with contractors. I'm going to say, hey, I don't tell them in advance, right? But I'll say, like, hey, like, I'm free Tuesday for at sure. 2. Have three different contract, or I'll call five. Five will say they're coming. <laughs> two or three will show up, mm-hmm. right? And then they'll be like, oh, who's this other guy? Oh, I'm getting close to some other people. And, like, you see they're almost, like, offended in their head. But I don't give a shit. Like, yeah. now they're going to give me a competitive rate, and they know they can't just bullshit me. Right? That's what I do when I sell properties. What get a do? bunch of buyers there at the same time. Much mm-hmm. buyers, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Yes, and every, as soon as people think competition, people get competitive. Yeah. Like, no, I want the house. This guy can't have the house. <laughs> I'm going to buy it. Yeah, I mean, you we're know? all competitive. You're competitive. Listen, the, in business, you have to be competitive. That's how I feel. In so, sales, especially in real estate, you have to You have to have a – you know, I have a good competitive though. I, I, I love that every – I wish every realtor could come in and just make a million dollars. You know what I mean? I really do. I mean, there's enough business out there where people can – but only five, I think, and correct. And Steph knows the numbers better than me, I feel like, or these little stats. Like, I think only 10% or 5% of realtors make 90% of the money. So right now, nine, 10% of agents are doing 90% of the yeah. business. I think that's probably most business in, in, it's in usually general. 80, 20. No, yeah, I'm probably. sure martial arts is the same, yeah. like other businesses are the same. Yeah. Like usually the top performers do most. Yeah. It's kind of like 10% of your clients give you 90, uh, yeah, 10% of your clients give you 90% of your problems. Mm. Right. And yeah. it's like, it's like, it's, it's, and it's usually the ones who are making you the least amount of money. Right? Not the ones that are, yeah. that are doing the best. You know, the one that comes in and wants a $1.4 million home is going to be way easier than someone who's good, wants to buy a $160,000 house yeah. in the hood. Oh, man. Right. Depends. Not always, but sometimes. But also like different issues. Right? Different issues, but yeah, but you're pretty spot on with that though. But good competitive. Back to being competitive. It's it's good to be competitive as long as it's not jealousy. You know, jealousy's not good, but being competitive is good. Yeah, totally. I'm very like competitive in terms of like, okay, this person owns this high rise downtown. Why can't I own that high rise? Yeah. Like, is this person way smarter than me? Are they way better looking? Are they yeah. cares about? They're probably about the same. Like, what do they do differently than me? Why? Why can't I own that building? Yeah, you know. And but obviously, you can't win it. Like, uh, you know. Uh, no, it inspires me when someone yeah. does more than me. Yeah, you absolutely. know. Listen, in you real estate, me. you guys both inspire yeah. me. I'm, I'm a fighting you know, You're first of all, you run like a champion. Steph is like, I think she ran <laughs> seven miles this morning before she even got here. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I like walked to the bathroom like twice. I just laid in bed working on my phone for two hours. Just- Staying out a bunch of deals. So yeah. Steph, jealous. <laughs> Steph, very jealous. And then Mark, whenever I see you on like, you know, your top list of, you know, KW sales, I was like, you know, obviously I don't work in real estate, but I'm always like, damn, okay, I got to make more money than Mark. Fuck him. <laughs> yeah, but good, good competitive. Good, though, yeah, for sure. But dude, you inspire me you too, want. man. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Like for real, you do inspire me. Appreciate and that. also like you bought a property before me. You owned houses well, well before me. I think three before yeah. I ever owned one, you know, so. But it's good competitive. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and that's where it goes back to. It's like, it's inspiring to see someone that's doing what you think you can do and what you want to do, you know? Yeah. And that's what I, you know, I know you said like top of the list, but like, I don't even like being on the top of the list. I need someone that I could keep. Oh, shit. Like Absolutely. This, like, this guy is selling all. more than me. Like, like, how do how do I sell as much as Mike McCann? How do I sell as much as Jim Nesty? Like, what do I need to do, you know? Yeah. And if you make the most money in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah. Right. It's interesting. I have a couple of different takes on this because I also am a highly competitive person. I'm a highly motivated person. And I think for the last couple of years, like I played this comparison game, right? Like we're talking about, right? Like someone's selling more houses than me or somebody won an award or someone's doing this. And I like comparison is a thief of all joy. It just really is. Yeah. That is and also I really true. started to ask myself, like I have this amazing business coach, Matt Benelli is unreal. And we got really clear and he's like, what's your word of the year? Like, what are you gonna like use as like a guiding word for yourself? And it's authentic. And I just like, I'm like letting go of like all the comparison because at the end of the day, like what happens when you get there, then what, right? For me at least. And my word this year is just to be very genuinely authentic in every single thing that I do. I'm working on it in this moment, saying the things that are authentic, but I don't want to like make more money than you guys. I don't think I care. I just want to know that I'm showing up and I'm helping people. And that I also, my definition of success is knowing that I can like get my workouts in, give really good value to people. For sure. Solve problems. Yeah. Hopefully this. Why don't we say the competitiveness for me is more about like making more money. Me, it's, it's more just inspiring. Like they're at a certain plateau, like that I feel if someone, you know, that I feel like I could I could do 100%. and still have a and still live the life that I live. Yeah. That's See, what that's I want to do. I don't ever want to change. Like I love my life right now. Like truthfully, I, I real estate's the best. If you could make real estate work as a real estate agent and get involved in real estate, I think there's no better job. Second that's my personal job. opinion behind karate. Behind <laughs> karate number one, real estate number two, but. You know, I also don't want to change my lifestyle. So that's when I see these guys and I see their lifestyle and I'm like, oh, well, you know what? 
I could do that. They're selling a lot more real estate than me, but they're still living a great life. Yeah, you know, still with exactly. his family, still with his kids. Like, yeah. you know, as long as it doesn't interfere with like your happiness, like going to what you said. But yeah, I mean, you guys are God. Like, I'm sitting here and I'm like, damn, these guys are crushing it. And I'm like, yeah, but I am too, in yeah. my own yeah, way. That's authentic to me. I but used I to look up to you when I first got into real estate oh, stuff. Well, you're a beast. You've been mentor. a beast for eight years ago, you know, when I think <laughs> when we met, you know, I, I was like, damn, I need to sell as much real estate as stuff. How does she do it? She's cool as shit. Like, what do I need to do? Like, Thanks. you know, and I've learned from you and I took tidbits from everybody when I first started in real estate. And, but yeah. I, it's funny because martial arts specifically in our industry, yeah. People are super competitive and they'll just tell, they'll just make up reasons. I'm sure this happens in other businesses of why that other person is successful. Oh, they're in a better neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Oh, they have better people. Yeah. Oh, this. Yeah. I mean, they invent all these reasons. And it's like, and, and and what good people do, like high performers, is they go up to that person, hey man, what are you doing like differently than me? Like, How can I learn from you? Right? right? They don't just make up excuses. Yeah. And not only making excuses, I feel you know what's so funny? Because you could tell someone, look, I could sit down with someone right now and say, This is how I started in real estate. This is how I started selling 20 million a year. And I could give them the whole picture. Not everyone's in it. I could tell to 100 people, maybe one would do it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like the see, like my true key is like, I love helping people and I want to help people grow. And I think that's how you grow, truthfully. Like mm -hmm. my business never took off until I was ready to start when agents were asking me in the beginning, I, all my secrets. I have my real estate secrets. How am I finding deals? What am I doing? <laughs> I wouldn't tell anybody. Now I'll tell anybody. Ask me what I'm doing. I'll tell you right now exactly. This this is what I use for my CRM. This is what I'm using to find deals. This is what I'm using to pull numbers. This is, you know, and I'll tell somebody. They won't do it. Yeah. Because not everybody wants to do it. Yeah. And not that they want to do it. It's just people always have like the, the dream. So I feel like when you finally are at that stage, like what you're doing with the podcast, I think it's great that you're helping people yeah. like other karate owners. Like, hey, like this is how you're going to take your business from a C level to a B level to an A level to so now you own five karate uh, shops, shops, studios, karate schools, yeah, karate schools, yeah, right, yeah. Shows, yeah. But like, yeah, so it's just like you know, really, when you start teaching people, that's when you start like really growing because it also reminds you when someone's asking you a question, and you're teaching, and you're telling, you're like, shit, I haven't done this in a while. Oh yeah, like, mm -hmm. I need a. Okay, I got to go back to this. Oh yeah. So I love helping people. I love when someone asks me questions like Chelsea or Mitch when they call me and they don't call me enough. But, you know, I love when they come to me with something because it also they always remind me of like when I first started and what made me successful. And I go back to my roots a lot. Yeah. So I think just teaching people is like really like how you take yeah, off. Yeah, it's funny. I'll teach you someone. You're like, oh, yeah, I used to do that. Why did I stop doing Why that? Why did I stop like, doing no it? No reason you stopped Why doing did it. I stop do Why I stopped door knocking? I used to do, listen, I, I mean, I still do it. But like I used to door knock I, and stuff. knows that was yeah. how I created my whole business. Everyone, you know, in the I used to go every day just knocking on doors, introducing myself because I always felt if I see someone face to face, and I'm sure you feel the same way at the karate studio. It's different. Like once you could get them face to face, and you could talk to someone, and you're going to teach them about karate. Like I feel the same way in real estate. Once they talk to me, I feel like I have them. Yeah. Like and I have them forever. That's how I got stuff. Like once she started talking to me, I'm like, ah, oh, she's hooked in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's what I mean. So like, you know, going back to door knocking, like, and that's this year. You know, I'm calling it into fruition now. Like I'm going back to the basics this year. That's great. You know, I want to go back to the exact basics, what I started, because now I have my business and I, you know, it's funny, this, this, this realtor called me, it's a broker or whatever. And it's like, I was doing some interviews recently and uh, he was like, oh man, you're selling 20 million. You must be so busy. And I thought to myself, I'm not busy enough. Like if this guy's thinking yeah. I'm so busy, I'm laying on my couch right now drinking a beer. Does, <laughs> I swear to God, I was on my couch drinking a beer. He's like, you must be so busy. I'm happy I got you on the phone. I was like, uh... Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to help you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, and I'm thinking, so it's like, that's why, like, I got to, you know, it's just inspiring. Even being in here inspired me. So, me like, too. I'm going to go home and do some shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's how I really feel. We're amped. Yeah. Totally amped. And like, it's funny because, like, I was having this conversation with a friend and they're like, I want to be more motivated. Like, I'm going to follow more motivational things on Instagram or read this book. And I'm like, listen, motivation helps, but Zig Ziglar, you guys ever hear Zig Yeah, of course. He always talks about motivation. It's like showering. Like, mm -hmm. it's cool, but you got to do it, like, every day. It's yeah. not like – and what you really need is discipline, right? Because, yes. like, motivation means, like, nothing. Like, there's weeks, yeah. like, you know, like, you guys know this. Like, personally, like, you know, I was I broke up in a relationship I was in for a long time. There was like an eight week period. I'm like just getting out of it where I, I wasn't motivated at all. Yeah. Like yeah. zero. Tell me about like it, yeah. I don't give I don't give an F like about what have my business, like personally. There's still like things that are happening that are just like inertia from discipline. And like I'll be I'll be 
even though it's tough, like I'll be at a way better place afterwards because I have that discipline. You don't need motivation, you need discipline and discipline. Yeah. Motivation comes from like accomplishments, right? Like you're not gonna like get motivation and then become successful. Like no, like you list your first property, you sell a property and then you make money. Oh, that's motivating. And then you do it again. Oh, and that's motivating, right? The accomplishments is where the motivation comes from. The motivation doesn't create accomplishments. You know, have you ever heard of Mel Robbins? Mm. Oh, I'm giving you a nugget. Yeah. Nugget She's nugget. awesome. Who wrote this book called The Five Second Rule. And it's basically yeah. like- The blonde lady? The blonde lady. Yeah, yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's her name? Say it again. Mel Robbins. Mel Robbins, okay. Um, Tony Robbins' sister or no? No, no, no relation. I never thought of that. But she goes Maybe, in to talk actually. about this exact thing, you know, like nobody's ever going to feel like doing the hard shit. Yeah. The only thing that you're going to be able to do is recognize that it sucks and do it anyway. So I love what you just said about like, it's just inertia from discipline. And that's like, you had enough good routines, like Mark back to the basics, me with my fitness, you starting the podcast, you just get enough of it, it just becomes part of your routine. But let's be honest, it never feels any better. Like over time you get confidence from doing it, but there are gonna be those days where you're like, this feels like shit. And we usually make decisions based off of how we feel. And discipline is what gets you through that. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the nugget so, from. so how do you say discipline in real estate investing if you're a business owner? Well, I mean, I think it's having a process, right? First, you have to be clear about what you're accomplishing so you know what deals you're looking at. And then you're being really strict and disciplined. And you're like, no, this is what I'm clear on. These are the properties I'm going to go and see. I'm open to X, Y, and Z, getting clear on that. And yeah. then having a really good routine, right? Like, you have a process for everything. You have a process for how you communicate with your agent, how you look at properties, how you analyze them, right? If you're analyzing them like 14 different ways, like that's not helpful. And then once they're in, when you get them, what's the plan for that, right? Do you have a process for when you're going to sell it, how you're going to rent it, what your leases, everything? I mean, Mark probably has more on this, but it's just creating a process. It's, it's no different than like getting up and brushing your teeth every day. Do you have a resource for people who to figure out like what those processes are? Is there a book they should read? Like, how do they figure that out? I mean, like, I, I really think it's – so this is what I did. I surrounded myself with people that are far smarter than me, right? I was extremely financially unorganized before I bought my first house. And I had – I'm not saying this to brag. I'm saying this because this is my story. But I – I was fortunate enough to have a. I got a scholarship to play lacrosse at Penn State. What? So I, I know that. yeah, I graduated. You're a lax girl? I'm a lax girl. I was the goalie. Damn. So <laughs> I had horrible financial literacy. Like, love my parents to death. School was never my thing. Sucked in school. And by the time I got into real estate, I was hustling. I was doing really well. I had no debt. And I was like, I literally didn't understand what to do with my money. I was the this exact person. I was like. I sell houses. I think I can buy a house. I understood enough of it, but I knew enough that I needed two things. One, not like a financial planner, not like your mom and dad's financial planner, but somebody to say to me, hey, this is a budget. This is a P&L. Start from like ground zero, right? You can't go investing in property if you don't know, like you can't get to where you want to go if you don't know where you are. And I very quickly realized I don't even know where I was financially. So I got an amazing financial coach. Her name is Lindsay Del Cook. She does everything virtually. She's incredible. And I have a kick-ass accountant, Candace Grafilia, New Way Accounting. And oddly enough, I met both of these amazing, powerful women online uh, through Instagram from following their content. I thought it was super valuable. And so I encourage people like, sure, are there books you could read? Yeah. I think Money on the Streets is a really good one. There are a couple other ones that like I people love Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Those yeah. are like basic concepts. But I think it's like you can listen to everybody else, but you're never going to be able to implement anything unless you know where you are and what your goals look like. Talking about your own debt first. Like if you have credit card debt, should you really be talking about buying a property? If you have student loan debt, should you really be talking about buying a property? Which, by the way, those are the two biggest things right now in our generation that are keeping people from buying houses. So starting with getting financially organized and reaching out, those are the two people that I really liked probably could figure out some others and then consult an agent and go and talk to people who are really successful. You know, somebody that's in your network, your sphere. Hey, how did you get successful? How did you buy? Like you and I have the same goals. How did you buy this? What did you do? Who are your people? And then listen to as much free shit as possible. That's what I try to do. I want to learn about the market. Yeah. I listen to every free mortgage thing, every free state of the market Go dig to like bigger pockets is a great resource. I love those those are pockets. awesome. Yeah. Um, and then like getting really focused too. I'm like, all right, so you like something in Philly. What real estate things can you attend in Philly? I bet you'd meet a lot of people. If you start networking in real in the real estate world in Philly, you'd learn a couple of things and you'd probably be connected to people that can help you along your your journey here. Yeah. It's I'm, a very long-winded answer. Yeah, no, but I think you're right. Like 
especially successful people, they're eager, they're happy to help. Like anyone asking yeah. me a question, like 100%. I'm always happy to help. Like it feels, makes me feel good actually. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Feel yeah. value. value. You know? And especially now with like Instagram mm-hmm. and YouTube, people who are performing extremely high levels are giving away way more free content than all the nuggets or secrets you talked yeah. about earlier. Yeah. And that they never would have happened like 10 or 15 years ago. Yeah. So, like, it wasn't really a thing, but now like everything because that stuff comes back like, tenfold, right? And the other thing you should do is find an agent that is going to bring you to Sixers games. That's what Mark <laughs> does for me. Should we tell our Sixers game story? We can talk a little later. You want to do it now? It's cool, I think. I mean, yeah. So season ticket holder at the Sixers. Shout out Sixers. Matt bought his second property, I believe. And I messaged my rep. And I'm like, yo, I'm bringing in a big client to the game. That's definitely not what happened. Is is that what happened? I always say that shit. I'm bringing in a a very important person. I'll be like on on a date or something. I have a very important person. Yeah, exactly. And um, I can't. His name's Jordan. Shout out Jordan. That was the best rep I've ever had. It's the Warriors when they had like Kevin Durant yeah. uh, stuff. It was this is the yeah, championship. Warriors this is the time. championship Warriors, and it's a huge game. They sit expensive. us. They sit us right behind the announcers. You have you know you have a waitress. You have everything. I like to party. You know. <laughs> wait, 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 let's go back up because this like, you're missing some cool stuff. What are we missing? Okay, so we're going to the biggest like See, cool Sixers game. Of the- oh, we're fans of the game. We're fans yeah, of the game. Yeah, so Mark, <laughs> I just buy a house. He's like, yo, I'll bring you this game. Now we're on the court at halftime. No, no, no. Before the game started. Oh, sorry. Before the, yeah, game, before started, the game started. We're on the court. They give us a like bunch waving. of free gear. You know, the cheerleaders, they have their arms around us. We're like, uh, and I'm like, hey, like, this is great. Oh, yeah. We and- didn't know we had the seats yet. We, we just thought know. we were fans of the game. And he's like, yeah. yo, I got you these tickets. Yeah, and they start walking us down, and we're literally the first row <gasps> behind the announcers. Like, the announcers? So all the players us. check in right there. Yeah. So, so cool. So like, they sub in. They're right So we them. mingled, like, Steph Curry. Remember he was asking me if I was drinking? You want to say mingled? Is that the right word? Well, I was, was yelling at these people. Okay. But <laughs> Mark had, like, probably, like... I had, like, 12 drinks. I'm not going to yeah, lie. I was like, partying hard. We, like, I was chugging, like, Jack and Cokes. That's all I got. He kept looking at Jack, and I'm like, Mark, like, I've had, like, four, and I'm, like, buzzing hard. I had, like, 12. And Mark keeps, I'm like, Mark, and he was getting doubles. And I'm like, Mark, like, okay, you can keep on drinking. I'm good. And Mark just screams out, like, Steph, Steph. No, 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 no. I mean, no, no, no. I never scream at Steph. I I was screaming at, uh, a Brett Brown, but anyway, I remember like Steph was like, "What y'all sipping on?" Yeah, and I was, you like, were screaming. And I was like, and "No, no, 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 no!" That wasn't screaming. When I did scream, though, I was screaming at Brett Brown to call a timeout, and then I got kicked out. <laughs> but it was only like thirty seconds left, and they're like, "All right, sir, you have to leave." And yeah, I was like, you were screaming. At I was like, "Fuck you, Brett Brown!" <laughs> he was like, he was like fifteen feet in front of us. Like he was, like, it was not far. He could clearly hear what he was saying. But Steph Curry turned like, "Why are you checking me?" He turned and looked at us. Yeah, we had a and, couple like, things. Tipped his glass. Like, well, look at the right. He was like, "Uh." Ah. Yeah, he's like, like, "What do y'all? What do y'all sip?" He's like, "Jack, I like Jack." You know. And I was like, oh, Steph Curry spoke to me. Because to describe this moment for me, like how cool is this experience? I mean, it's amazing. I think it was the the best sporting experience that I've ever had at a sporting event. Just because like, I mean, to be honest, again, shout out Jordan. Those where we were sitting, those tickets were probably like, I mean, this was the championship Warriors. And we had Jimmy Butler at the time. Like, this was like three, four grand a ticket. Yeah, it was like eight grand in ticket. You know, so I'm just painting this picture. So you're the professional. You're the client. Man, you must feel like gold in this moment. Oh, uh, hell yeah. You like, felt yeah, like a Mark hooked it up. Really well taken yeah. care of client. Absolutely. This is like such a thing as business owners, whether you own a karate studio or any other business, is like you got to ask yourself, like, how can I make my clients feel really Make sure you put this in the edit. I take care of all my clients. Yep. <laughs> well, I was thinking, like, a- after that, you were saying, like, yo, Matt, this is not going to happen all the time. This is, like, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the bar like, high. It can yeah, backfire. The bar high. I mean, dude, that's, again, that was the sickest sporting event I ever had. But it's all about creating magical moments. Magical clients, moments. Right? Like little things they can remember for a really long Human time. moments, yeah. right? I mean, look, listen, and, you know, it's so funny because if you do the little things, things come back good. I sold this guy a house six years ago, five years ago. He called me the other day, graduate house, but we got it for a steal. We got it for, like, 300 grand. It's probably worth, like, Five now, right? I invited him to my Eagles tailgate. Remember, I had the Eagles tailgate. Yeah, sick. Yeah. Where I had the the also the, the whole shebang. Cancel it this year. I had to cancel it. it rained, mm. but like you know, I had like uh, I threw an Eagles tailgate. You know, I had a chef and RV. Like an open bar, open bar, actual bartender. Really there was amazing. like bathroom to the nines. I did it to the nines. I invited all my clients. I reached out to this guy and I haven't spoke right. to him in a while, and. It was for clients. It was for clients. Anyway, but I, if you do, this goes back to doing the right thing in business. Like I reached out to him. I invited him and his kids. And I remember, you know, I, I had to actually I look up the name of like, Good for the, you. but I looked him up. I invited him. 
he texted me the other day. It's like, hey, we're getting, we're moving to France. Uh, we're selling our home. Yo, tell and me. And here about I am. I'm house. like, no, thank you. <laughs> you know, like, that's just, like, I don't want to see you go, but you know, this is sick listing. But uh, just doing the right things in business and like hosting events for your clients and like treating them good because the biggest business, and I'm sure it's the same for you in karate. You get a lot of referrals. Like, hey, yeah. oh, where's your where's your kid going to karate school? Oh, I go to Action Karate. Oh, do you, does he like it? Yeah. You know what? Maybe I'll get my kid to go there. You know, the referral business and just like doing the right things and like making your clients feel valued. Look, I love selling a million dollar home. I'm not going to lie. I make a very handsome commission on something like that, <laughs> you know, but I make sure that like I don't forget that that I made that money, mm-hmm. you know, and I like to invest it back in and give them an experience, give you an experience, you know, because I, I'm a firm believer that like. You know, if you show someone a good experience, anytime they want to talk, because everybody talks real estate to everybody. Truthfully, everyone does. Oh, well, how long you've been living in this home? It doesn't matter about it. Oh, who is your realtor? I'm looking to buy. Like, oh, Mark's the best. He'll hook you up. You want sixer tickets? He'll take you to sixer tickets. Oh, you want to go to a happy hour? You'll go to a happy hour. You know, whatever it is. It's uh, I'm a chameleon. I find out what my client likes and I'll do it for him. You know, yeah, and those um, are always the best leads too. Like, so not only the first, you not only the best leads though, but just making real relationships with people. Yeah. Like, listen, Steph said it before. Anybody could open a door. Anybody could write if they know what they're doing. Anybody could write a contract. It's fairly simple once you learn the contracts. Truthfully, anybody could do it. You know, but but making it so it's fun, making it so it's memorable, making it that it's an experience. Like I always feel that when I'm showing houses to someone, like, and I don't like, to, I don't mean this in like a a braggadocious way or confident like I'm confident about it like I know it's fun like I make real estate fun yeah and you know and going back to like a business owner what they should do because like I feel like we got away from that topic a little bit and it's yeah, been on my okay. it's been on my mind yeah. I think the first thing for a small business owner let's say it's one of people look watching this and they want they're getting ready to do something with their money I think the first one should always be something safe yeah. it should be something smaller and safer because you know the biggest fear that people have when they buy real estate is that they're going to lose money and I gave you guys an example of what happened about a, a client that they purchased a property. They per, they purchased it for two twenty cash. They rented it for five years. It was worth more. I got them in higher. I got them an offer for three hundred a year later. If you take out what they lost over the five years, they made money by renting the property out. They didn't really actually lose. And a lot of people, that's the biggest thing that holds them back. Like, oh, I'm going to lose money. I'm scared. Yeah. But fear holds everybody back in anything. Do you know what I mean? Scare money don't make no money. Exactly. So <laughs> I think the first one should be something safe. It should be something small. Like if you have a hundred thousand, forget it. Hold on to a hundred thousand dollars. You know, I mean I would probably say do something else with it. But but or not do something else with it. But like you don't need to use all of it. You could buy a house, let's say two hundred thousand dollars. You really you know, twenty percent down, forty thousand plus closing cost. You know, you need fifty thousand dollars to buy this house. Maybe fifty two if you're really doing the numbers. With fifty thousand dollars and I gave you that that example that uh, before of where we're renting it for eighteen hundred, they're making five thousand dollars off that. The end net, it's a ten percent return. It's pretty good, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But it's a safe one. It's something in an up and coming neighborhood. You're going to get a decent tenant, you know. I I would and and now look, you said where they do it. They have one hundred fifty thousand dollars cash. Well, now they still have one hundred thousand dollars cash, and now they see a property worked. And I'm telling you, once one works, it's addicting. I'm telling you, you buy one, you want yeah. two, you, you lose want three, the fear. Four. Like that, the, the first one's always the scariest, yeah. and then it's like, and then it's you just like how a thing easy it is. You do. It's like buying. It's like a little. It, it's, it's like, like kissing buying. a girl for the first time. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's a scary. You know, it's scary to make out <laughs> the first time. You know what the hell you're doing, but like, you know, I could use a different analogy there, but uh, but the <laughs> point cool. is like, it's always scary until you do it, and then you're like, shit, I love kissing. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's I love buying homes now, yeah. and now for I'm me. I sat next to Mark. Yeah. But yeah, like once you get over that fear of uh, the first one, and that's why I said do something safe, because then you could, that's why I said in the beginning, like find out the risk, like what are they willing to do? And now when you know there's, it's a safe one, that's how you're gonna get these karate owners to buy another one and another one. And you know, in 30 years they'll own, you know, if, if you buy one a year, if in 30 years you own 30 homes, your family's rich. Yeah. Not only you, like your kids will be rich. Yeah, Their yeah. kids will be rich. You're like, changing your family tree. Forever. Yeah, you know, truly forever. Yeah, and I mean, it's no different than martial arts. When people come in, like you don't teach them some advanced movement, you teach them like the most basic movement they can possibly do. Where they feel confident exactly. doing it, and then you build and build and build. So same thing with your investing in real estate. So before we head out of here, is there any, any other advice you guys want to talk about, or any other topics? Oh, I think I'm pretty good. Yeah, I think we did pretty good. Yeah. I don't know if there's anything. I'm trying to think like what if like a business owner would really help them, but I think like we covered it. I mean, find an expert in your field, know that how much you want to spend too, because that's the biggest thing. It's like, hey, look, I got 
50 grand, 100 grand, whatever it is, know how much you, you're willing to spend. And then that expert will be able to tell you and show you certain scenarios. And from that, I think it's just more just like finding like, like you know, every deal isn't going to be the best deal. But when you're investing, sometimes deals just make like, you know what, this makes sense. This is safe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then once you own a few and you want to get and now you, you, you could get a little bit more risky. But, you know, not every deal. That's the biggest problem is that and not to interrupt you, but like everyone thinks that they have to buy the best deal to invest. Like it has to be the best. It's never going to be that way. There's always going to be a better deal. Just the same way if you're buying a primary home. You know, I have buyers and Steph knows this. You'll show them a home. They love the home. They want to make an offer. They'll maybe even be under contract. And they'll be like, oh, but this home just came up. Oh, this home just came up. I want to see this one. There's always going to be something more. There's always going to be something like, you know, that could could have been better. And you just know, like, for, that'll be your next one. You know, it's... And the deal can change over time. Like, the, the properties you sold me... They are different now than they were five years ago. Yeah, I mean, the, Temple. The neighborhood yeah. has changed, right? Like, so I'll give some numbers as an example. So one of them was like 165 or 170. It's in like a, a rougher neighborhood, but it's near university, so students rent it out. And then the other one was like, I think 190. Yeah. So the mortgages on one of them was like- 185. Yeah, yeah. And then one of them had to put some work in, so whatever. So all in, one of them was like probably 220, because I did maybe 40 grand worth of work, and the other one- was like 185, 190 with, with like had some work to do in the basement. And their mortgages were like, one of them was like, I think maybe 1100, 1200 bucks. It was renting for like- Page Street. Uh, no, the other one was like right. 2200 I was getting in rent. And the one that was a little better, the mortgage was like 12 or 1300. I was renting for three grand a month. And it was like cash cow. And I'm like, this is the most amazing thing ever. Yeah. Like, I'm like, just maybe it was like 3200. It's like ridiculous. And I'm like, this is amazing. I got to do this over and over again. But the market changes then, yeah. right? Yeah. All of a sudden, like, things happen. What are you renting them out now? Man, one of them's like... Uh, What's Page Street? Let's go to Page because that was the best. That one is like, so not not terrible. So that'd be 2600 And your mortgage but, is how much? Maybe 1300 Yeah. So it's still good. Yeah. But like, you know, that's 600 bucks less a month than I was making before. That's a lot of money. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's a lot of money, but that's still a you good know, deal. <laughs> people don't realize this, is that real estate is literally the only asset that you can get insurance on, right? Like, it goes up in flames, and you have homeowners insurance to cover that asset. But if you invest in the stock market and that crashes, you don't like that's a total loss. There's always an opportunity to recoup. Like even though this story you're telling breaks my heart a little because the market did change, yeah. you did well. Yeah. You did well. And real estate's also a great hedge on inflation and there since since the beginning of time, it stands has done really well. Property values don't come down in recessions. So as there's only are, more people getting born. There's only people are always in need of a life change, right? People are getting divorced. People are dying. People are getting married and people are having kids and that will never stop. People are always going to need a place to live. Going to have a need for a place to live. Yeah. That's that. Cool. Well, thank you guys for coming on here today. Thanks for having us. If, if someone wants to contact you, Steph, how do they find you? You can follow me on Instagram. Steph Ellis Realtor. Very original. You can email me. Stephanie, S-T-E-P-H-N-I-E dot Ellis at compass.com. Awesome. If you want to be motivated to run too, check out her Instagram. And Mark, how do they find you? They don't find me. I find them. (laughs) (laughs) Sneaky. All right, cool. Don't say your email on Instagram. Good luck with that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a great strategy. What is it, Bennett Real Estate or something? It is Bennett. It's Bennett underscore real estate. Bennett underscore real estate on Instagram. Thank you guys for listening. My name is Matthew Brenner. If you want to be able to invest in real estate through the profits of your martial arts school and you want advice or help, happy to personally help you. Always point in the right direction to people who can help. If you want to grow your martial arts school without having to run, without having to depend on ads, or you want to scale your martial arts program, reach out to me at matthew at wdojo.com and I'll show you how, how I do it. Thank you guys so much. Bye.